0: On our podcast, we've actually been on record a few times to indicate that we actually are fans of what the Carolina Hurricanes call the surge, which is what they do, of course, after they win. They do the thing where they all stand at center ice, they clap their hands, the fans clap along with them, and then they do some sort of team celebration to follow that. There's an individual who uh, happens to be a former executive and now is a TV personality, Mr. Brian Burke. He is not a fan of it. He says, I don't like it. I don't think it's professional. I don't think it belongs in our league. Uh, He said this on Primetime Sports Thursday. He added, I'm not saying the league should abolish it. I'm not saying no one should enjoy it. I'm saying I don't like it, and I don't care if you agree or understand with that viewpoint. (laughs) Very strong. (laughs) Then, (laughs) Then he says, I turn the TV off when they win. I switch to another game. I think it's absurdly amateurish, peewee garbage stuff. Shots fired at the Carolina Hurricanes. What do you guys think?
1: Pee wee garbage. Uh, that's a great phrase, but my favorite part of that is I don't like it. I don't think it's part of our league, but they, they can still do it.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> whatever they want to do. It's cool.
2: <laughs> when I first read it, I thought he was just being another old-school, uh, no-fun executive that just wants to stifle any kind of personality that this league could possibly muster. But then when I read the context of the quote, it made me feel a little bit better about, about it. It's just he doesn't like it. He's okay with other people liking it. And so he's not saying, like, get it out of the league. But I'm sure Don Cherry would say something like
0: that. Mm, yeah. Pee-wee garbage. Uh, it's, not, it's not good Canadian boys acting like good Canadian boys. That's right.
1: It's also kind of predictable from a guy like Burke, though. I mean, he's part of that, the no fun, John Cherry school of thought.
0: I mean, it's ironic that he hates fun, though, because it so happens that he also refuses to tie his tie correctly just because it bothers (laughs) people. It's the Sound of Hockey episode 12. Yes, we made it 12 weeks. We are recording remotely today because, like John on one of our previous episodes, being in New York, I actually am in New York currently, so uh, so we are not all in, in Bardown Studios today. But we are happy to still be bringing you this wonderful podcast. Uh, Lots to talk about today. We had quite a bit of NHL news that happened over the past week since we recorded last. Uh, Before we get started with anything, let's start with our five star reviews, as we love to do. We had a couple that came in. First one comes from Sully6790. It says, I'm hooked. Excellent podcast. Crap Weasels for Life. There you go. (laughs) Next one. Yep, right on, Sully. Amelia, uh, 07, uh, well, is that Amelia 007? Ooh, 007 could actually be uh, a spy. I don't know. Uh, this Probably one, is. Andy. This one says, Andy eyed is amazing with six exclamation points <laughs> it says andy is the quote-unquote best hockey talker in seattle i personally am a little bit offended that uh andy you got called be. out when you know i mean we, john and i you worked pretty hard here to be the best hockey talkers in seattle so for you to just be anointed as the best <laughs> hockey talker in seattle andy um, is
2: that your burner account mm-hmm. no but i have
0: i have a funny
1: suspicion i might know that person so, oh okay oh, true okay <laughs> but it was not a that co- was not a coordinated effort
0: right right Uh, sure it wasn't Uh uh-huh you didn't put him up to it (laughs) on the topic of five-star reviews we tried a new thing last week called our five-star question of the week uh, in which we asked our listeners hey if you were to take shots with one nhl coach in the parking lot which coach would it be It didn't work because nobody sent an answer (laughs) to that, unfortunately, but it did get me thinking after we asked the question about who, uh, who I would want to take shots with. And do you guys know what coach came to mind? I don't, I don't know. Well, you tell me yours first. How's that?
1: Uh, for me, I – well, there's I don't know if this counts because he's not a coach currently in the league, but Elaine uh, Vigneault I would love to have a shot with because that guy seems like he's pretty funny.
0: Yeah. I wonder how he does taking shots because he's always chewing gum, right? So, like, that That's probably true. doesn't taste so good. I guess shots generally He doesn't generally like to play don't. young
1: players either, so there would have to be some sort of aged scotch or something like that. You okay. couldn't have any kind of fresh whiskey or anything.
0: Uh-huh. Did you ever notice – speaking <laughs> of his gum, did you ever notice how every time he chews his head, like, the temples kind of flare a little bit? So his head is, like <laughs> – Constantly changing sizes throughout the course of a game. Do you ever notice that? It's
2: a muscle. It's yeah. a muscle. He's exercising. I'm sure.
0: <laughs> that, that's it's, the key to his success. You can visibly yeah. see his brain working every time he it's every time he chooses exactly. gum. Yeah, John. Who who would you have shots with if given the opportunity?
2: Probably Torx. Okay. Uh, I think I think he'd be a lot of fun and uh, get him loosened up a little bit. Get him to unleash. Talk about the hugfest league
0: and all that. Man, could you imagine <laughs> taking a shot and then pulling out a chaser? How would he react to that? <laughs> I bet he'd be like, oh, Oh, my (laughs) God. Even the the shot takers in this league are are soft now. See, I'd I'd be a little worried about taking a shot
1: with him because he's notorious for having shot blockers on his team, and he might knock it out of your hand. Ooh, good
2: point. Very good point. More reason to to try it out. (laughs) (laughs)
0: so what was interesting was the the guy that came to my mind surprisingly was ken hitchcock i have no idea why that was it just sounded like it would be really funny to take shots with ken hitchcock uh i think he would start like yelling at me in his little high-pitched voice if i if i didn't finish the whole thing (laughs) or something like that so that was the one that came to my mind and then sure enough a day later guess what happens? He gets hired back to uh, to work in the NHL. We're going to talk about that in just a moment because obviously that was the, the biggest news of the week or some of the biggest news of the week. But before we do that, biggest Seattle news that's coming down the pipeline here. The reason I'm in New York is because John sent me to report on the Board of Governors meeting um, so he, he paid for this whole Two weeks trip in
2: advance, yep. Two weeks and, in advance. And, yeah.
0: and the board of governors meeting is in Atlanta. So you might want to
1: get on a plane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So that's not actually true. I'm not here to report on anything. I'm just here for fun, but the board of governors meeting is coming. Uh, what is it? Seven days away. How many more days before that hits? Depends on when the listener is listening to this. Okay.
2: Des, uh, it'll be December 4th. There you go. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. so if you if you're listening on December 4th, that's today. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. What yeah. should we what should we be looking for here, John?
2: Well, I mean, this this thing has felt on rails for a while. Like we've we've said before, I would imagine it's going to be a full approval given. And what we need to look out for is the messaging around the season start. Uh, there's, you know, we've covered Daly's comments before, kind of hedging about a 2021 start date, um, which I think is still possible. But we'll see what Bettman has to say about it. I anticipate the target will still be 2020 start, but there's going to be a, a quite a bit of hedging in the messaging that that Batman or daily give to the press and it's it could be a hedge for the pending labor agreement with the ex- expiration of the cba which would be in that that start in that season or the construction timelines around the the arena both are kind of significant and i expect that's why i anticipate a hedge and and for good reason because both of those could really throw off the start or make it a little bit disruptive to the start of a new franchise so i expect that Another thing I'm looking for is kind of the expansion rules. Sounds like it's already been confirmed multiple times that it's going to be the same expansion rules as Vegas, but it'd be nice to just get that one last time, get that final stamp because this is the final approval and just make sure that the rules are the same. And I think that's that's favorable for the for the franchise in Seattle.
0: Those would be pro weasels rules if they come through. <laughs> that's right. Is it possible that
1: uh, you know we hear daily talk 2021, put possibility? Well, you think back to the October meeting, you know, that like Wiki came out and said that there's still some questions they have to answer and the league wanted a few things, you know, for this final vote. I'm wondering now as we talk if one of those things is some confirmation as as far as timelines on constructions and because that has that meeting hasn't happened yet, that may be why Daly, you know, does his thing where oh, it could be twenty twenty one. So I'm wondering if we might hear some more clarity on that coming out of this December fourth meeting. So Seattle will present more information to the group.
2: I don't. I don't think there's anything open ended right now. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think there's been been much in the last couple of months. I don't think there's anything going into this meeting other than getting all the board of governors together. Um, and I sure. don't think if there's if there's like specifics and detail like that are kind of outstanding or still kind of up in the air. I don't think we're going to hear them just knowing how the NHL works and how these guys work. They're not going to be like super specific. It's going to be kind of broad and it's going to be kind of like, you know, maybe, and a lot of could be. And the realistic timeline, I think to know when we're starting is about another year from now, probably next October. I think we're going to have a good sense if we're going to be starting in in 2020 or 2021. And I, I think there's got to be some kind of uh, the, a point of no return where you're either all in or you're, or you're sure. on into the next season. I, and I can't imagine that going much more than December of next year to hit the 2020 and, and realistically I think it's probably going to be known in October
0: of, of 2019. I'm assuming I don't want to assume I shouldn't say assume, you know what they say about assuming. Yeah. But if this thing goes through John, what's going to be your first celebratory beverage post news release?
2: (laughs) That is a good, you know what people should tell us on Twitter. My first, celebratory. I, I don't even know, right? I haven't even planned much. I tried to keep it open. I think I'm playing hockey that night or the next night or something. I don't know. Such such
0: a fitting um, celebration for you.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if I am playing that night, I'm sure I'll have a locker room beverage after the game. I don't know yet. I I haven't thought too much about that. I guess I just I'm laser focused on that meeting itself. Not that I'm going to do anything to it but making it official would be nice
0: you can just drink that in one yeah.
1: more thing getting back to that that timeline discussion real quick I, I almost think october or december next year it's too late to know because if they are going to play in 2020 they're going to have to start scouting players for the 2019 season so you're going to need to know in september or august if you have a season in 2020 um, because you're going to have to have players that you have to be ready for the draft you're going to have to have scouting players for the expansion draft so they're going to need to know next summer whether it's going to be 2020 or 2021 Well.
2: well I mean, that, that's interesting, but I think it, I'm thinking more about the league itself, not mm-hmm. necessarily about because I think the local group here can go ahead and get those scouts and they, they bear the risk of paying those scouts ahead of time, even if they're not going to have a draft to draft players. Right. So I don't think it's it would be that bad to kind of have a scouting staff a year early or kind of like a skeleton staff um a year early. So I, I understand what you're saying, but one thing I wonder about and and this is one thing it'd be interesting here your guys' opinions of, is about how the GMs across the league are reacting to a, to a variable start date, meaning is it 2020 yeah. or is it 2021? Because if it's 2021, everybody in the NHL we're seeing right now, you know, then there's a healthy amount of rookies, they need to be protected. Yep. Where if it's 2020, it's potential that they get a pass on, on that, and they don't have to protect them. So that, I think, is is probably the bigger issue. And not that I'm super connected across the league, but I have heard that as much as we think front offices or you know the GMs are strategically thinking this out and really not making the same mistakes, the reality is they're not thinking too much about the expansion when developing their roster right now and the potential ramifications of that draft. I think it's something that they're going to cross that bridge when they come to it, and probably just needed to know about a year ahead of time.
0: Sorry, I think the tweak there for uh, NHL GMs is not going to be so much constructing their roster with that in mind. It's going to be that they just aren't going to make those trades that they that we saw with George McPhee in Vegas, where uh, a team is sending two or three players, you know, and, and various assets, draft picks, whatever, to protect a certain guy. They're just going to let yeah. the one guy get picked. They're just going to let the the chips fall as they may. So that means that Seattle will probably have the opportunity to take even better players than vegas had but i i think in terms of the amount of assets that are going to come their way as a bonus is is not going to be quite as prevalent for them
1: well and that's one of the secondary things that happened with vegas that we haven't really seen the impact yet is all the draft picks they amassed so as far as sustaining their their run Uh, so i think you're right i think seattle could have you know some early success but they're going to have to then earn it the rest of the way
0: Uh, we should switch gears into current NHL. There has been some news here over the past couple weeks, as we alluded to just moments ago. After a full season of no coaches getting fired, we had our third and fourth casualties <laughs> of the young season here uh, this past week with Mike Yeo getting the can in St. Louis, and then Todd McClellan also being sent away in favor of of Mr. Ken Hitchcock who uh, who I just mentioned would be my shot buddy if given the opportunity. Mike Yo <laughs> Mike Yo is uh, replaced by Craig Barube who Barube coached for a couple seasons in uh, Philadelphia. I'm weirdly kind of less intrigued by that one. I think this Hitchcock hiring is ch- surprising and a little bizarre. The first, thir- the first <laughs> thing that came to my mind was how could they go with Hitchcock and not Joel Quinville? Do you guys think that Joel Quinville uh, was maybe approached by the Oilers and said he didn't want to do it? I have I to think have he to was approached. A, a phone call happened, right? I right. mean, you have
1: to make that call.
2: Well, I, I think the the asking price of Quinville is going to be a lot steeper than Hitchcock because of they have to pay. They had to kind of compensate the Blackhawks in some capacity and then pay Quinville. So I don't know if they kind of, they might've like kicked the tires, but I don't think Hitchcock's that bad of a a hire for Edmonton. It seems to, Kind of makes sense, and he's going to ch- he's definitely going to change it up compared to what they they've been playing, and that's what they need. Um, well, but he already, I think, he
1: already has he already has changed it up. That their first game did you see his quote after their first game in San Jose where he said it took me four shifts to figure out what was wrong.
2: <laughs> I did Man. not I did not see that. But the thing is I, I, Hitchcock I, I don't know how long his contract is, but you know I think if Quinville were to come in, it might be a, over the summer. And Hitchcock, may you know, if 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 they don't make the playoffs or they don't maybe win the first round, Hitchcock might be out even this summer.
0: Okay, I, yeah, I could see that. I I just I don't see Ken Hitchcock as like you have t- two of the better young players in the in the whole world and in Connor McDavid and Leon Drysleidel to bring in Ken Hitchcock. I just don't know. I don't I don't know <laughs> if I really get that i thought it was a total head scratcher to me it felt like they didn't get their first choice so they just went with their second choice that was what it felt like
1: well you look at his track record like every team he goes to you know shots on goal go down goals go down i mean he definitely gets better defensively but they but some of that offense pays for that and so you have those kind of players is that the best fit for them
0: I don't know. I think maybe where it kind of makes sense is that no matter what, you're going to get offense out of McDavid and Dreisaitl. So if you can teach the rest yeah. of the team to play defense, maybe it <laughs> maybe it makes some sense. That's true. But I don't know. <laughs> he also, uh, I know Hitchcock has a tendency to kind of load up his top line, which I know they yep. had been mostly playing, I believe. They had mostly been playing under McClellan with McDavid on one line and Drysidle on the other, and Hitchcock came in, and right away they were, they were grouped back together. So it makes it a very top-heavy kind of attack. Like we saw in Dallas, if you have a decent defensive line that can check that top line, it, it really makes the depth of the team become very apparent whether they have it or not. I don't think Edmonton has it. So I don't see them I don't know. I, maybe the, the new coach thing comes and gives them a shot in the arm. I don't see Hitchcock being the, the solution there myself.
1: Well it worked the first game. They they, they want they beat the Sharks in overtime in San Jose.
0: So there you go. It's solved. They're on and they, the way. Lost, they lost to Anaheim <laughs> the next game. So <laughs> So Craig Berube coming in for Mike Yo. We had a buy-seller hold on Mike Yo's future with the St. Louis Blues not too long ago. I think I was the only hold. I think you guys were both sells. Am I right on that? Am I remembering correctly?
1: I think I think so. My my thinking was when the coaches in the media talking about how his job should be on the line. That's usually a sign that it is on the line and yeah. not long for it. Sure well, enough, I think
2: I think I was a sell, but you you had a convincing argument. Oh, that's and I right. Upgraded that's to right. a hold. Mm. So I'm the jerk who took your advice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm the jerk that gave the advice. I don't know if I don't know if we technically win on that one cuz we said hold as if he's not going to make it through the season, but he probably will get like stick around for a little while and then get fired. He really only made it a couple weeks from that buy seller hold, so I have to think that Andy probably was correct on that with with selling.
1: But but a hold isn't really a loss, right? It's like a push in Vegas.
0: Yeah, there we go. So we get our money back. Good news, John. Where you win we just we just push. Yeah, okay, right, yeah, makes right. sense. but cool. you
1: know what John someone once told me that when you win you should say very little or something like that mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I don't know who said that
0: yeah. <laughs> he sounds smart though very very smart
2: it
1: does yeah
0: <laughs> uh, let's talk about another team that we've we mentioned kind of earlier in the year I happen to remember another very wise man saying make sure to watch the Buffalo <laughs> Sabres this year because they're going to be fun to watch as a young team with some new additions yes the Buffalo Sabres have won nine consecutive games Jeff Skinner was very briefly leading the NHL with 18 goals that's no longer true which we'll talk about in a bit the reason why uh what do we think here on these uh, these Buffalo Sabers, man? They really are fun to watch. They're a team that it doesn't seem to fold when they get behind. They they keep coming back. They score goals like crazy. Uh, some of the guys that aren't even supposed to be scoring goals are scoring goals. Like I know Jason Pominville has been really resurgent. The young kids are contributing. Uh, Rasmus Dalin is starting to score a little bit. I mean, is this team for real? Like, are they going to make it to the playoffs?
1: Oh, definitely. I think they're definitely going to make it to the playoffs, and and you know they're they they got a lot of young talent. That you look at that trade they made this this summer with uh, Carolina, and you mentioned Skinner, the seasons he's having. Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel isn't scoring a lot of goals, but he's he's playing well, helping set up uh, a lot of goals. So I, I like the Sabers.
2: I, I like them to make the playoffs, but I think yeah. they're playing. They're still playing a little over their head right now. Um, I think I think Skinner, for one, is overachieving, if you will. I think he's a great player, but I, I think his shooting percentages are going to come back down, and he's going to come back to earth a bit. And so that might have the team drop off because that's where they're getting a lot of the scoring. Um, But I still think there's enough fuel in the tank to to get them into the playoffs. Um, And it's a great experience right now. And and it's kind of breeding confidence, too. So I think it's going to be a fun team to watch. I haven't caught too many of their games, but I I definitely think their trajectory is going to keep them into the playoffs.
1: You don't think he's going to continue to shoot twenty two percent?
2: No, but I didn't think uh, William Carlson would do that last year. So
1: that's true. The, yeah. His his career is his career shooting percentage is eleven, so he's he's doubling that. But he, he's an interesting player. You know, you remember when he came up in Carolina's rookie year, he was kind of the darling of the league that one year. He had thirty goals his rookie year, and yep. and he he had some decent years. He had a couple more thirty goal years, but but on bad Carolina teams, so he was kind of flying under the radar a little bit. And not that Buffalo's a big market that's going to get a lot of attention but if he's on a good team uh, you see what, what he can do now
0: see this is what I wonder about Carolina is you have some of these guys that struggled pretty mightily and they leave carolina and then all of a sudden they become really like outstanding players like jeff skinner is a good example this year we saw that with eric Stahl when he signed with yeah. a, a certain team in the central uh and who's the the guy on calgary this year that got traded for uh, elias slindholm right yeah yep. so i mean i i do wonder like how much of it is just playing on carolina these guys don't maybe the the roster isn't as strong as it is in other places <clears throat> and they they go away and get the right players around him, and all. Of a sudden, I mean, that's that's definitely what happened with Stahl, right? They started playing him with with good players when he got to Minnesota, and all of a sudden he started scoring again. So you just you wonder how much of that is Carolina, and maybe these guy. This is the real Jeff Skinner is the guy who's scoring eighteen goals at the what twenty two game mark or whatever we're at. So imagine how good Sebastian Aho is going to be when he gets traded. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> so one one thing I, I looked at their schedule, the uh, Saber schedule, and they haven't played the Leafs yet. They played one game against the Lightning and I think one game against Boston. So they still have like 14 games against those three teams, which tend to be the really good teams in the East. So again, I think Buffalo is going to come back to earth a bit, and I think in the meantime they should get as many points as they can before they start facing those teams a little bit more regularly.
1: And in this streak, I think they've had they've won some of these urban overtime games, which I think is actually a good sign that they're able to win those close games. But come playoff time, those maybe not may not be wins. but, uh, yeah, so, so it's not like they're dominating uh, their opponents right now.
0: That's a good point. I think what you're saying there is that the, the schedule just hasn't had too much bite to it. Am I right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I sense a segway's coming up.
0: <laughs> Interesting that the word bite should come up because this past week we had a certain rat – not the one that we normally talk about, but one on Andy's favorite team, the Vancouver Canucks, Antoine Roussel. What is it about the Canucks? This isn't the first Canuck that's been biting somebody, Andy. What's going on up there, huh?
1: Yeah, Andy. I, I take no credit for Antoine Roussel.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, credit or shame, I, I, know. I guess.
1: Yeah, you know, obviously the, obviously there was the, the infamous uh, Alec Burroughs one in the, in the final, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I saw the I saw the the highlight of it. It was it was late in the game, and I think Rasol was kind of running around a little bit. You know, they were getting beat for nothing, and it's just ridiculous. And I, I did see some a funny thing on Twitter where somebody played that uh, his bite on uh, a split screen with Marshawn's lick, and it was like you be the
0: judge or something like <laughs> that, that. Was, was me? I tweeted that. <laughs> oh, was that you? Was <laughs> yeah. that you? Okay. <laughs> and, and that was going to be my next question: of uh, if you were to choose between a guy who bites people and a guy who licks people, which would you pick?
1: Well, I think personally, I think I, I don't know. Would you rather have a guy bite you in the, in the heat of action or, or lick you?
0: God, I'd prefer to have neither if I could well, yeah, make I a selection. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, That's a tough I'm call. Not, to they're both—they're
1: both kind of the awkward and, and uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to
2: answer that question. Okay,
0: based on the players, <laughs> based on the actual players that seem to do these things, I'd probably take the liquor, but yeah, because <laughs> the liquor is a little better, I think, than the biter. But that's just my yes. opinion. I don't know.
2: Rosell's a, uh, a pretty dirty player in general, isn't he? <laughs> he's just yeah, a yeah. he's
0: just that guy that like runs around and just tries to get under the other team's skin. But he's like he's not all that tough, from what I can tell. Like I I don't know. He's just. He's the kind of guy that now is able to survive in the NHL because he's like just skilled enough and just fast enough to be able to have kind of an impactful game and like he can get under a guys skins but no, there's not much fighting anymore so he never has to like stick up for his actions you know that's yeah, the, I mean, that's the reason that guys like him and marchand get away with uh doing the things that they do is because they're just good enough and and nobody fights them because that's just not something that happens in the nhl anymore
1: yeah and, and this he did this exactly what he was doing exactly what you said when this happened he was running around at the end of a game trying to you know the game's four for nothing so at, at that point just go
0: home <laughs> wrap it up as a minute left or whatever it was and <laughs> <laughs> that's not biting time growth. sir that is just yeah, throw right. throwing the towel time anyway i've never liked antoine roussel he, he's a guy that i've just absolutely not enjoyed my team playing against it's just like oh my god this guy is just a just a mess i'm not a fan of him at all but anyway
1: i, I think i think the message here is you only bite somebody in a tie game
0: mm, good point <laughs> very good point not the right biting situation exactly let's move on to our weekly one-timers whoops <laughs> we we can't see each other right now, so I like wasn't really sure if John was going to get the hint that he was supposed to do his. There was no cue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Our first weekly one timer. My old pal Gritty, who I initially liked and then decided he had become a little too mainstream, is so mainstream now that he's wedding crashing and people love it. They're not. They're not upset about it that an uh, orange <laughs> monstrosity with googly eyes is showing up. By the way, I had plenty of people that looked like that at my wedding, but, uh, <laughs> he shows up and everybody gets all excited about it. It goes viral on Twitter as everything with Gritty does. What do you guys think? You, uh, you want to have Gritty at your wedding? I, I've, I don't know about my wedding, but I've kind of come like 360 on him because I was with you
1: where I was getting a little tired of him, but I kind of, I'm kind of back on board now. Okay. Cause he keeps, he keeps showing up. There was the one of him dancing in the field of, the, of a snowy field. The other mm-hmm. day. I thought that was pretty funny. It was a little funny. Uh, he was. He threw a kid in the penalty box between periods the other night. And then I liked this Time magazine where he tried to claim he should be the the Time Person of the Year. And he they had this graphic of him on the cover and the words in Time rearranged to say it me. I thought that was pretty funny because <laughs> <laughs> that's how I imagine Gritty talks. He says things like it me. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm still I'm still all in on Gritty. Oh, wow. I like cameos at weddings. <laughs> yep. I don't know what his appearance fee in Seattle would be, but it'd be pretty cool to get him. <laughs> Want him to officiate your wedding? <laughs> that would be pretty good.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean the thing is though, you'd probably have to pay his airfare, and God knows he's not gonna he's not gonna fit in an economy seat. So you're gonna have to pay for <laughs> <Yeah>. his class. <laughs> yeah. So not well, that I'm yeah. of course not that I'm body shaming Gritty, but I mean if you look at that guy, yeah, he's yeah. he's yeah. not gonna fit in, a, in an economy seat. All right, so let's move on to our next. Weekly one timer. So Gritty's team, the Philadelphia Flyers, formerly known as the Broad Street Bullies back in the day, uh, not exactly showing that this season. They finally had their first fight of the year, and we're what twenty games into the season?
2: Yeah, it's It's, crazy. It's totally crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like every team at this point has had somebody drop the gloves, right? Even though they were, you know, that
1: that was their reputation in the seventies, they were always still kind of a, a gritty. (laughs) <laughs> no pun intended. A gritty team, uh, and so it is kind of weird. But I think it, it, it this points to the the
0: NHL hug fest we're in right now. Maybe gritty is just taking care of all those fisticuffs, so the players don't feel like they <laughs> need true. to.
1: He's he's roughing up people in the stands. So <laughs>
2: speaking of Philly and the Broad Street Bullies, there was a documentary about uh, the Broad Street Bullies. I think maybe ESPN did a thirty on yeah. thirty. But it got buried. Like it's no longer available anywhere. Maybe a certain league had that kind of squashed and and oh. removed.
0: Oh, I watched that documentary too. It was really good. Yeah, it was. Yeah,
2: really I, good. I'm trying to find it. If you guys find it or any of our listeners find it,
0: tweet at me. Put it in your
2: five star review. Yeah, well, or just whatever. Send it to me, or snail mail it to me on VHS or whatever. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. John's got a
1: little conspiracy theorist in him here.
2: And somebody <laughs> told me that. I didn't. It's not my theory, so I can't. Take yeah.
1: Were they somebody. voices? Were they voices, John?
0: By the way, on the topic of the Philadelphia Flyers, we obviously talked a little bit about coaching changes here. Do we think that those are the last coaching changes that happen this year, or I mean, I kind of have Dave Hackstall as the next to go, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I would I would think so, and you know, I-, I wonder uh, down in Anaheim about uh, Randy Carlisle, how long he's going to last there. They've had a bunch of bad seasons. They fired all their assistants every year. It's like eventually the coach is going to have to f- take the fall. Hmm.
2: The big thing with the Flyers is their goaltending right now, too, right? Well, that's their um, that's
0: their thing for the last two decades. <laughs> yeah, but like Calvin Pickard, former Seattle Thunderbird, is
2: has a goals against average of four goals a game. Brian Elliott, if he stays healthy, he's doing all right. But, you know, Pickard's save percentage is uh, 863. Elliott's 911. So that, how do you expect the coach, I mean, unless you can blame the coach for that save percentage somehow or the player's staying healthy. I just don't, I, I think he's the next to go if there is one. But, you know, it's again, it's like, how do you blame him for that?
0: So Well, John, five players on the ice have to make a mistake before the puck even gets to the goalie, okay? <laughs> That's always what I've believed, at least.
1: So i That's like a little sensitivity here. Yeah.
0: I did watch their game on Saturday night
2: against the Maple Leafs, and honestly, the players looked out of it. Like, they... They were making these careless, beer league passes, and uh, they ended up losing six to zero. That's why I thought uh, Haxtell was next to go, and wouldn't have been surprised if I woke up Sunday morning and he was gone. Yeah, but um,
0: when you can visibly see it on the ice, I mean, that's usually the telltale sign it, that it's coming. My yeah,
2: opinion. and it, I, and I don't I don't blame Pickard for some of those, but he he allowed like four goals on seven shots. But again, like some of them were breakaways or careless turnovers and that's not his fault but it was pretty ugly and I thought that that might have been a tipping point but it's not so
0: far our next weekly one-timer is scoring up in the NHL
2: it is up and uh you know we we saw that trend at the beginning of the year but it seemed relatively flat but through the 357 games played at press time they're averaging 6.14 goals per game versus 5.99 last year which last year was pretty it was up pretty high we've had 35 10 goal games through the first 357 games so scoring is up And I want to dig deeper and see if this is related to uh, shooting, more shots, or is this a potential goalie equipment change that that is increasing the scoring? Mm.
1: Yes. It's it's probably not one of those things, right? It's probably a a combination of all those factors, I would think. uh, But it's hard to say.
2: Yeah, and it's hard to isolate any one thing. But if if shooting is up, that's usually a good sign. And then we we talked about it briefly before, about a month ago, it was about the uh, pulling the goalie early, right? It seems like more teams are in tune with pulling a little earlier, so that's going to either force the issue, whether it be they get an uh, empty net goal at the end or they tie it up, which in theory adds two goals instead of just kind of riding it out. So scoring's up. I think it's a good thing. Well, you know, you're, it's
1: interesting you mentioned shooting. I I, I can't remember if I, if I heard it. It might have been the Thirty One Thoughts podcast that I heard them talking about. The modern day NHL player now, most of them almost you know, a lot of them it's growing, have shooting coaches where they never used to have something like that before. And are in the offseason they, they, they work on nothing but their shot and, and they used to just you know lift weights and get in shape, but now they're really working on those fine tuning parts of their game like that. And uh, and that could be that what we're seeing here is guys are just more accurate now.
0: I don't know. I think it's a huge problem that scoring is up. I personally think we need to shrink the nets and make the goalie equipment bigger. <laughs>
2: And and no celebrations, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, but if if scoring is harder, then you should be able to celebrate more because it would be it's a bigger deal.
0: Mm, Okay. Yeah. Good point. Good point. (laughs) All right. Our next weekly one timer. There was a, a big slate of games on Friday this past week, Black Friday, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, of course. No games on Thanksgiving. What do we think about this holiday hockey schedule here? Is it, is it too much? Is it not enough? Would you have loved to be watching hockey all day on, uh, on Thanksgiving Day?
1: My only my only problem with the Friday schedule is I, I enjoy when it's like a you know that's, that's usually a day off for most people. I enjoy day games on on days off on the weekends, but they were all during. It seemed like they were all during the day. It like there mm. were like seven games all going on at one o'clock our time. It's like I you know so you have to choose and pick which one you want to watch. So I didn't mind that uh, the Thanksgiving thing. You know I I wonder with three NFL games if the NHL looks at that and says you know that's that's traditionally in America what people do on Thanksgiving. They may not tune into hockey.
2: Agreed. And then, again, this is U.S. based, but NBC puts a usually a marquee game on that Friday at 10 a.m., which is on the regular network, not NBCSN. But I loved it having them loaded. It was 15 games on that Friday. So every team was in action except the LA Kings. Um, <laughs>
0: well, Kings. not every the team L. can league. be in action if there's 31 teams, right? But that will yeah, soon it, be solved. If you, if we, should, we should, They should expand the league by one. Yeah, they really they should. should.
2: They should do something about that so that everybody <laughs> can play. And then, but even the Wednesday night before was awesome. It had 14 games, which was, was pretty cool too because, you know, usually people are hunkering down. They're not doing much or they're going out or whatever. It's hard because we we are in a market where there is no team. So we we view the whole schedule. But if we had a team, Mm. it could be like tradition with family and things like on a Friday afternoon or Wednesday before Thanksgiving. You can imagine how that kind of fits into other people's kind of schedules and their holiday schedules. So I don't know. It's it's interesting because we have a different perspective because I just like look at, oh, my God, look at all these games. After Thursday, you know, being, you know, you're having no games. It sucked. And, you know, I watched plenty of football, but I would have loved to switch over to some hockey during the day.
0: Our final weekly one-timer. Ask and you shall receive. Do you think maybe the Ottawa Senators were listening to our podcast? (laughs) Because they did (laughs) finally come out with another episode of Road Trippin'. This one uh, to Dallas. Here's the audio from that. Not everything is
2: bigger in Texas. In fact, most of the stuff is the same size as everywhere else.
0: Dallas backwards spells salad incorrectly. Loosely translated, the Rio Grande River means pretty good river. All the letters needed to spell Dallas on the standard QWERTY keyboard can be found on home row. No way! Big Tex, the 52-foot statue that greets visitors at the annual State Fair of Texas, grows several feet every year, baffling scientists. So that's narrated by Cody CC. My favorite line that he has there is that Dallas, spelled backwards, spells salad inc- <laughs> incorrectly. That's so good. You
1: see, I like at the beginning where he says they say everything's bigger in Texas, but it's really just the same size as everything else.
0: <laughs> but see, this is this is why like everything they do moving forward has to be in this format. You know, like like a, a, if Eugene Melnick is gonna create some sort of lawsuit or whatever because the city's not paying for his arena, which is the other thing, I guess that yep. happened this past week. You know, if he had released that news by way of, of road tripping to, <laughs> to wherever the new arena is supposed to be and just made some jokes about it, people have been like, yeah, sure. We'll pay for your arena. Why not?
1: Yeah. They, well, they need more of this. And I think more teams need to do stuff like this too, because it, it just brings out some of the personality of the players. And even though they've, they both have been deadpanned, it still shows that they've got a pretty good sense of humor. Yeah.
2: I want to. I want to know who's the creative behind that that's idea, true. because that is a pretty sm- promote them right now. Yeah, and they, sh- they should be in charge of all media relations.
0: I'm pretty sure it's actually the Uber driver that released the video. Is the guy that's making road tripping? I don't know. Come sail away was we'll not the background music though. Yeah, right. right. he produces all uh, Ottawa Senators video content. I'm pretty sure. So that's wrapping up weekly one timers. Very subtle, quiet one. I like that one went off the toe. Yeah, I feel like when when it's I edit this, the the program I use is going to just cut out that that sound. It was so quiet. All right, let's move on to our other segment. We didn't have one of these last week, so let's get back to it because I enjoy this segment quite a bit. It's buy seller hold. No, it's not goalie gear corner. We we will get back to that soon, I'm sure. Uh, but buy seller hold, our first buy seller hold, and we talked about them already on the show. But the Buffalo Sabers. To win the division, buy seller hold.
1: Oh, yeah, sell. I still like uh, either either uh, what's their names, uh, Tampa Bay or, or Toronto in that division.
2: Yeah, and, and like I said, they haven't had too many head-to-heads against those two teams. Yeah. So I'm 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 a strong sell to win the division, but I like them winning, uh, making the playoffs. Okay. Yes, I'm a buy on that.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm very much in line with you guys there. I think you're absolutely right. I think they I think they get into the playoffs. I don't think that they win the division. But who knows? Maybe maybe we'll be wrong. So we have we have three cells there, but also we're kind of hedging our, our bets by saying that we're buying on them getting into the playoffs. Right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Our next buy seller hold. Todd McClellan is the last coach fired in the NHL this season.
1: A sell. I think we talked on this. I think there's a couple spots. Uh, Hackstad and Philly, and I still wonder about Anaheim.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I'm a Cell. God, I, it's
2: tough. I is on my kind of radar, but I just don't see how you blame him for the for the the goalie's performance. But, Again, it's the defense. You know
0: what? It's not the goalie. It's the defense. You're right.
2: It's a save percentage. It's a save percentage that I'm worried well, about.
0: Well, quit giving them quit giving them such good looks, John. All right, it's a sell. Yeah. It's a sell. I blame, I blame everybody else on the team. Thank not you, the Thank you very much. And everybody else on the team is the fault of the coach.
1: You put Cal Pickard on a good team, and you'll watch what happens. Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so sell, sell, sell. Our next buy, seller, hold. The NHL should have games on Thanksgiving Day.
2: Hmm.
1: Ah. <sighs> I'm right. a hold on this. I
0: say I say buy. I don't think that they ever will because I don't think they want to go head to head with football. But I say buy. Yeah. I think you pick one really strong marquee matchup. Either you put it really early in the day, even before uh, football starts, like a like a morning game. I don't know if they would do that, or you try to find like a, a qu- kind of a relatively quiet spot in the day and you put it on NBC uh, and try to get it to the point where every uh, NHL fan watches this one game. That's that's why yeah, I'm a buy. I, I do have to do it. I don't think it'll ever happen, but I would actually really like to see it.
1: Yeah, that's how you'd have to do it, and, and the NHL does play a morning game on Super Bowl Sunday, but there's only one football game that day, and it's not till later, but they do you know, take advantage of people gathering to watch sports on Super Bowl Sunday. The problem is there's three NFL games, and they, they kind of run from morning to night, so it'd be hard to fit one in.
2: I'm going to buy on this, although I never think it'll happen. Um, I think you put one Canadian team. Because, you know, Canada doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving or U.S. Thanksgiving. So I get a uh, Canadian team and kind of a marquee uh, U.S. team. We all know it'll be the Blackhawks if it ever is on (laughs) Thanksgiving Day. (laughs) Uh, I've always thought that you need to kind of be in the room at the same day, um, even if you're going head-to-head. You're not going to win NFL fans, but if it's a stinker of a game, having an alternative to switch over to instead of uh, another Thanksgiving Day parade somewhere... Uh, you might as well have a hockey game so that um, it's an option for people to kind of switch if the game's a stinker or they could care less about seeing the Lions getting trilled. Um,
1: it's funny the difference in the two countries because on Canadian Thanksgiving there were three day games, but that was also a Friday and there was no NFL games going on, but it just shows you the difference uh, how, how much bigger hockey is and the NHL is up north.
2: Yeah, I've heard of that before. Um, yeah. One thing they did is on New Year's Day, they've, they created the Winter Classic, and that really goes head-to-head with college football which is still pretty significant viewership. So I think I think you know don't be afraid of kind of going head to head even if you you, know, you plan on losing it's just kind of potentially exposing the sport to other people.
0: All right, our final buy sell or hold. We haven't talked about this yet at all. But In terms of in-game action this past week, remember I said that Jeff Skinner was very briefly leading the NHL in goals with 18? Well, no longer the case because Patrick Laine scored five goals on Saturday night against the St. Louis Blues. uh, Craig Berube's St. Louis Blues, if you will. (laughs) five goals in one game. He now leads the NHL with 19 goals in two fewer games than Jeff Skinner, who uh, obviously is in second place now. Now my buy seller hold question is this. Alex Ovechkin, his highest season was 65 goals in one season. Do we believe that Patrick Line will surpass 65 goals buy seller hold? Go.
1: I'm going to say hold, but I really want to buy, Mm. if that makes sense. Mm. (laughs) Those are a lot of goals, and and he's going to have to keep up a pretty strong pace, but I'd love to see it. 65
2: this year, and he's on pace for what? Currently, he's on pace for 70 goals. I'm going to buy. You know what? Because I think he started a little cold, and so he's heating up. If he can stay hot for a bit, he's going to— I, I'm I'm all
0: in. I'm going by. It's fascinating. I feel like he's weirdly been criticized this season for his play. Yes. He <laughs> now he has. he's leading the NHL in goals and it's like, yeah. well, there you go. there's your there's your criticism. You can just take that and shove it. I,
1: I think the media up there was starting to nip at whether his work ethic was where it's what will not because I saw some sarcastic tweets after his five goal game. Or somebody said, "Imagine if he was trying." Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's all that Fortnite, you know. Yeah, that's right.
1: He's a big Fortnite player. Yeah. That's right.
0: Uh, anyway, i I have I still can't decide here. This is like a game time decision for me on buy, sell, or hold. Even though I was the one that came up with the question. Um, that's why I went out and said hold. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say sell. I think he he was nowhere near this pace until he had this outrageous game where he scored five goals. I don't think that's going to happen again this season. So I'm going to say sell. I don't think he gets to 65. That's it. I think too many things have to go right. For him to get there and I just don't think he's going to get there so that wraps up by seller hold Uh, regardless though Patrick Line, I mean scoring five goals in a game is ridiculous and they were all five of them if you watch the highlights they're all scored in like very different ways he has a couple of those uh, one or two of those Ovechkin-esque one-timers from the circle Uh, but then he's got another one where he's kind of falling backwards in the slot he's got one where he's coming in off the rush so the guy can score goals what else can you say?
1: He has like six in his last two games right because didn't he score against the, the Wild the day before
0: he did he score against the yes he did he scored a rebound a rebound goal against the wild which by the way great segue andy if you were trying to do that
1: (laughs) we're gonna move on to games
0: games on the radar and we're gonna (laughs) review a couple of the games that we talked about last week uh the first one was jets wild which andy had put on the on the radar uh and it was a really really fun game to watch great game did you guys both see it Uh, i saw saw all the
1: highlights I have a confession. I was watching it intently, but then I had to get ready to go to the Seattle game, so I took a shower, and I missed the Wild come back to score twice, and I missed the rough stuff at the bench. Yeah. But I saw the Wild win at the end before I left. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so the rough stuff on the bench was awesome. Uh, so they did have uh, the, the Jets had a two-goal lead after one. Uh, the Wild came back, scored four goals in the third to end up winning the game in regulation. Uh, but, yeah, during the game there is a play where – uh, let's see JT Brown nailed I think it was Andrew Kopp into the right near the Jets bench and Kopp's head hit the part of the glass like the curved glass and he laid down on the ice for a while and then I think he left for concussion protocol and so to retaliate like a minute or two later Adam Lowry elbowed Jewel Erickson act right in the face and it was like super dirty like elbow right to the chin so Nick Sealer jumps in to protect him he's trying to kind of rough it up with lowry but they're in front of the bench and the door opens and sealer falls into the jets bench and then the next thing you see there's this huge like kind of melee happening and sealer like arises and there's just this this fury of fists raining down (laughs) within the jets bench and so you got the you got two wild players in the jets bench both linesmen are in there trying to separate everybody out it was it was old-time hockey. It was, it was really fun to watch. And,
1: and somewhere deep in Ohio,
0: John Tortorella was smiling. Yes, yes, he was thrilled. <laughs> that was awesome to see. Yeah, honestly. it was great. It
1: was, it was fun.
2: And I don't, I don't think any, I don't know if they had their gloves off or not inside the bench. Oh, they so did. They definitely did.
1: It, they did. Yep. It was right. full-on cage rage, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, and um, and what it, it's funny is everything finally settled down, and then he's like. Picking his stuff up, right, right in the bench. I thought that was pretty funny too. It was like, all right, we're done. I'm going to get out of here. Let me pick up my things and get out of here. So it was awesome. Yeah.
0: Our other game that we had on the radar that I wanted to review is the one that I actually got to attend last night, the Islanders against the Hurricanes. That was a really fun time. It wasn't the best game. Both of them had played the night before. So it, it just was kind of sloppy. Uh, Scott Darling gave up four goals on like this first 16 shots or something like that. Hey, so it's not
1: the whoa, whoa. Fault. yeah, it it's wasn't not his fault. fault. No, I know. He's I mean, it was in front of him.
0: It was poor defense. The chances were like really point blank, you know. Um, but actually, so Val, Val uh scored, he kind of turned back the clock, if you will, and scored an Ooh. absolutely beautiful goal to open the game just a few minutes in where he kind of skated through two or three defenders who didn't make a good play on it, and then made a good move to go around, darling. Um, but anyway, uh, it was just just fun to be in attendance. At the at The Barclays Center remains kind of a, a weird situation there. They still don't draw very well, so uh, even for it was a Saturday night game at seven o'clock, and it was maybe only half full. So, but I mean, it makes for a makes for a good experience for somebody who wants to. Go see a hockey game on a budget. If you happen to find yourself uh, in New York, you know, you can get into an Islanders Islanders game for not too much money. So um, so it's just, it's just fun to get out and see a game. Okay, no thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> so looking at our games on the radar that we have coming up, sticking with the Islanders, uh, they are returning to Nassau Coliseum for a select number of games this year. Uh, the first such game will be on December 1st when they take on the Blue Jackets. I, we've kind of had this circled for a little while. Uh, I think this will be a pretty fun thing to watch. I, I know that the Coliseum is not the best venue anymore for NHL hockey, but it's a small place. The fans I'm, I'm guessing will come out in droves for that one and uh, I, I bet it'll be sure. rocking yeah.
1: And I'm sure they'll have, you know, I wonder if they'll have any of the old, I'm sure they'll have some of the old Islanders come back, you know, your, your Mike Bossies and Trotches and guys like that.
0: Yeah, it should be interesting to see
2: that. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see how they kind of, how different it looks compared to when they previously were
0: there. Yeah. All right. So what do you guys have on the radar here to wrap up the show? Well, for me, uh, this uh, coming
1: up on Thursday, the 29th, uh, 4.30 our time, since this has been the Buffalo Sabres episode, uh, the Sabres will be in Tampa Bay to face the Lightning uh, in a big uh, Atlantic Division uh, clash.
2: I'm going to be watching the Toronto-San Jose game on Wednesday, November 28th. Toronto got the best of them, but now it's now it's San Jose's chance. I I think it's a, been a pretty entertaining series, or the first game was entertaining, so it should be interesting to see them play again.
0: John, I think you almost got through an entire episode without even mentioning the Sharks, then you had to go and sabotage yourself like that.
2: <laughs> well... <laughs> it's the game I want to watch. Actually, uh, Andy, Andy stole my game. So yeah, I, I stole his gonna...
0: game. Unbelievable. I'm
2: sure, there, I'm sure there's some, a
1: couple of Canucks messes to watch in the next week.
0: Yeah, there you go. Who who are they going to
1: bite next? I don't know, but they're
0: losing games like crazy. So mm, they they do bite, is what you're saying. That's right. All right. That wraps up episode 12. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back in Bardown Studios next week so you won't have to uh, deal with the remote recording, which uh, we'll we'll prefer (laughs) to. But thank you so much. Hopefully you're all subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and SoundCloud and all that stuff. And make sure you leave a five-star review for us. By the way, uh, we're going to try one more time at this five-star question of the week thing. Our five-star question of the week for you is... Similar to our buy, sell, or hold question, do you think Patrick Patrick Laine gets over 65 goals this season, and why or why not? So uh, let us know in your five-star review. If we don't get any five-star reviews, then we just won't do this again next week because clearly you don't like it. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll do the podcast next week, just not this part of yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah, good point, good point. Anyway, thanks for joining, folks, and we will see you on the next episode of Sound of Hockey.